You could use a gun. I'm not saying you can't use a gun. Just don't use the same gun twice. They thought they made a horror they stirred a curse deep down below. One hundred lunatics. What they had built it began to feel. One hundred forever now they must spin the wheel. Lunatics. Lunatics. All right, everybody. 100 Lunatics Podcast, that's what you stumbled across. This is a podcast where myself and my fellow co-hosts spin the wheel of horror. Hey everyone, that's me, Wilter, the wheel of horror, the star. That's right, the star, and this time we have Spun for Spun number 7, Henry Portrait of a Serial... I'm excited, this is a good one. I can't wait to get started. Excuse me, Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer, Spin number 7... I'm your horror lover, Daniel. This is my horror hater cousin, Nathan. Hi, everybody. And our horror mediator, Greg. Hey, how you doing? Greg, welcome back for your second time on the 100 Lunatics podcast. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. There we go. You're you're welcome. Mediator? Yes. Did he agree to that title? We discussed it beforehand, and I, uh, I, I, um, I suggested it actually. Mm-hmm. At okay. length. So paperwork has be, been signed. Um, oh, I'm sorry, Dan, to interrupt here, but um, Greg, what would be involved in your role as mediator? Just out of curiosity. Uh, several things. Um, how about Henry? How about Henry? He he's he is chomping at the bit. He wants to get right into it. <laughs> I'm gonna keep doing to that that to you, Greg. I'm gonna keep keep putting you on the spot. See how he, see everybody? You hear how he floundered? It was beautiful. Okay, yeah. let's go. We gotta break him in. <laughs> we have to break him in. Nathan, Greg, yeah. <clears throat> what did you guys know about? Because Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer is a uh, what's the right word? Infamous horror film. It's in many top tens, all top fifties. Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, had any of you guys seen it before tonight? Oh, yes. I've seen it uh, quite a few times. Greg, that's a yes. Nathan, I'm going to guess no. Uh, no, I was uh, forced to watch this movie for the podcast. Forced to watch it. <laughs> I had never seen it before. This was my first go through. Well, now I've seen it many times, of course, for the show. But this is my first time coming to it, and I was impressed. Yep. Heavily impressed. It's sick. It is sick. Nathan, without going into too much detail, initial impression. Um, my initial impression is that I need to put myself in, in, in 1986. You know, I need to transport myself there. I, I, I like Michael Rooker. I like biopics. This is not what I anticipated or what I was hoping it would be. So my initial impression would be disappointed. That's funny. I'm, I'm trying, okay? I'm trying to appreciate this movie on different levels and trying to accept things about it uh, with, you know, time frame in mind or circa when it was made. But, uh, you know me, I'm the, I'm, I'm the other side here, guys, okay? I'm here to hate on this shit because I do, honestly, hate 
horror movies. So I'm I'm trying to appreciate this because I do see that there is some merit here, but um, you know, for the most part, I would say disappointed. <laughs> see, I'm actually kind of surprised because I usually don't like biopics because they are about a story that you already know the beginning, middle, and end to. So usually when I'm watching a biopic, I usually think, why don't they just make this a day in the life of? And that's what they've done with Henry. It's really just a day in the life of. Yeah, it's not a biopic. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of prefer that. And I was under the impression that it would be a biopic. And again, disappointed. It's ex- it's very loosely based uh, off of Henry Lee Lucas. And I mean, you know what I mean? It's a day in a life. Day in life of Henry Lee Lucas. Does anybody know anything about Henry Lee Lucas? Famed serial killer. Fucked up motherfucker is what he was. It's fucked up motherfucker. Apparently he made some confessions or something. So the way that I like to view it is the director writer of this movie read something about those confessions or read the confessions themselves and said, hey, I'm going to make a movie about, you know, some guys killing people. Brilliant idea, right? Well, that's you, never that's never been done. No, there there is a there's a bigger story behind this, which is that um, director of this film was working for a pair of rich brothers was hired on to do some documentaries when the person they're doing the documentary about uh, pulled out of the project. They had this money left over that they weren't going to use. They handed it over to the director of this film, said, hey, if you can make a horror film for a hundred grand, go for it. And so he chose to make a movie about a down-to-earth, real human monster as opposed to the supernatural monsters that were popular in the theaters at the time. And this all came from that. So this is a 28-day filming project on the budget of a hundred grand, which is why the tagline is something like, "It's not Jason, it's not Freddy, it's it's Henry." It's Henry. <laughs> Good old Henry. It's fucking Henry, and Henry <laughs> is disturbing. But Nathan, Greg, more importantly, Greg, you're, it's very lucky that you're going to be around for this part of the show because this has never happened before. But Nathan. I think that it's time that we induct Michael Rooker into the 100 Lunatics Archive History of Horror Icons as the first horror actor to be sponsored twice on the 100 Lunatics podcast. And we have only done seven shows. Seven shows. Twice he has appeared. Twice he has impressed. Except for Nathan, who isn't impressed by much. He's sad. Cold black heart. Won't allow him to enjoy this moment. But Michael Rooker, we tip our hats to you. I you to go back yes. and listen to the Slither episode where I am very positive and I embrace Michael Rooker and I, I think he did a great job in Slither. Um, and I'm not saying he didn't do a good job in this either. But you bring up an interesting point with the $100,000 budget. That makes a lot of sense now because there's a lot of these scenes that are just really low budget, just screams of low budget. And that's what's so good about it. That's what we love. 
And Rooker was actually noticed from what a high school play or something. Like, isn't that how he got this role? Yeah, this is very early now, Nathan. Before we go into, so it's not like they were looking for stars to be in this thing. If they're scoping out the high school plays, <laughs> if the, if the, I mean, let's let's be honest, all right. If if the visual effects guy is you know at his sister's daughter's high school play and notices, you know, who he'd be great for. For this, if the director's not even really that involved in the selection of his own cast, no, with that kind of budget, say something about the director. No, 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 with that kind of budget, you're like, what can I get for this <laughs> much money? And you work with what you can get. But Nathan, you have a very important job here. That is to make the horror haters back of the DVD cover summary of the film. Do you have anything like that prepared? Um, I can just pull one out of my ass. If All right. <laughs> Let's hear it. Henry Portrait of a Sealer Killer from the Eyes of a Horror Hater. Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Starring Michael Ricker. Sorry, Michael Rooker. Who, if you heard about in the news, killed his own family, you wouldn't be surprised. So he fits in well. <laughs> with the serial killer role of this movie. <laughs> it also stars Tom Towles, is that how you say his name? Sure. Um, who would go on to later fame as uh, secondary characters in Rob Zombie movies. So a true horror member of, of the horror club. Henry tries to get across to you the the absence of humanity involved with being a serial killer almost in a Dexter-esque fashion but with a lot more bluntness and awful brutality. I would say that in general it, it tried to accomplish something and it got maybe three quarters of the way there. I'm a big fan of execution, Daniel. I'm sure you're aware of this. I like it when things execute. And granted, there was a small budget in this movie, but it didn't really go the distance. You know, there's a lot of scenes where it feels like they've got a table in a room and a shitty camera, and they come in and they say some pretty crappy lines with zero acting ability and leave the scene as it goes to black. And it leaves you wanting more, that there's... That there's more that could have been done here. All right. Well, we may have to agree to disagree. But speaking of filming on a budget of $100,000, uh, let's see what else we need to know about this movie. Filmed in 1986 and then shelved because the producers were worried that it was both underwhelming and wouldn't be understood by anybody that watched it and also tied up in a fierce battle with the MPAA over what to rate this movie. Directed by John McNaughton, who would also go on to direct such gems as The Borrower, Mad Dog and Glory, Normal Life, Wild Things. We at least know Wild Things, but I'd like to mention, Nathan, that in half of the movies that I just listed, Bill Murray is in this guy's stable. 
Bill Murray enjoys this director's presence enough to include himself in half of his filmography. Now, he already mentioned Michael Rooker. This is his first movie. He was working as a janitor at the, at the time, auditioned, got the part, held separate from the cast, which is something that they, I think they do that often in horror movies, don't they? They keep the monster away from the rest of the cast. I've heard that mm-hmm. mentioned in like Jason movies. And sometimes I think they even keep Robert England away from the children so that he like scares them a little bit more. But <clears throat> who was the other guy that you had trouble saying his name? Tim Towles? Tom Towles. Tom Towles, who plays Otis, improv comedy actor, hired because he was an improv comedy actor to provide like that grotesque lightheartedness that comes about through through his character through the whole film. Like everything has that dripping with seriousness, and then he comes in giggling with his bad teeth. <laughs> and um and Becky, Tracy Arnold. Anybody recognize her from Baywatch? Yeah, she didn't do a whole lot. She was nominated for some sort of indie movie award for this part. Um, Based on Henry Lee Lucas, we've already mentioned that. And, like I said, when this movie was tied up with the MPAA for its rating, this movie and a handful of others that all came about during the same time, but this movie um, specifically is the reason that we now have the NC-17 rating. Because of Henry. Because of Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. They wanted to give it uh, an X rating. They argued that there was nothing sexually graphic enough in the film to warrant that. So they had to make a rating for something that was beyond R, but not because of a sexual uh, nature. So NC-17 was born. This was released, limited release in theaters, 1989. Released to the masses on DVD in 1990. Massive hit once it hit the masses on DVD. Boom. 100 grand. Uh, made, I think, a few million. Fucking cult classic now. Here we are. And Michael Rooker just recently in Guardians of the Galaxy, who was directed by James Gunn, director of Slither. We've gone full circle. These men are still working, not only working, but thriving. Mm-hmm. Thank you, horror genre. Nathan, yep. rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> No, I recently discovered that the horror movie is a gateway for a lot of people to get their foot in the door and become relevant. And that's just what it is. It's like a it's like the welcome mat of Hollywood. And let's be honest, guys, you know what happens to welcome mats, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> they get stepped on. And in Canada, they get messy. Nathan, come on, what are you doing? Aren't you tired of being such a pain in the ass, you little shit? Well, it's true. They get mud and snow and grossness. Eventually, you have to replace it because it looks like shit. Overlooked. Everyone Mm. forgetting where they came from. Yep. Ungrateful. I just listened to an interview the other day with the director of Whiplash, and he said that he he was trying to survive, so he started writing what would sell and started writing you know horror movie related nonsense just to get the bills paid so that he could make something that he cared about (laughs) (laughs) and there's all you guys out there celebrating all this shit that that horror those horror stories put food on the table that's right they're a they're a blue collar cinema is what they are they're for the working man nathan now you know what i like to do i like to go on rotten tomatoes and read all of the reviews when a movie like this 
gets a rating that it doesn't deserve, I I like to just read, you know, what they say about it. And can you seriously agree with some of the things that they say? Well, the positive things or the negative things? The positive things. Well, sure. I'm they sure say I could. That this director, they use the word brilliance. Yeah, there is there is of this movie. Are you fucking kidding me? Brilliance? Yeah. He managed to make a decent movie off of a low budget, but there are some pretty shitty scenes in here, guys. No, no, no. The horror genre is a constant reminder of how the most brilliance often comes out of like nothing. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you want know, a beer? A nickel and a styrofoam cup. Black. <laughs> like that's there is absolutely brilliance to be found in here. Maybe some of it's accidental. I, you know, I can't really account for that, but because if I make fun there. of the of, of the simpleton dialogue and the pointless scenes at the kitchen table, you'd be like, "Well, this sets to speak to the normality of their everyday existence and and how it speaks to the humanity and blah blah blah." No, 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 nowhere near as pretentious as like say, perks of being a wallflower or something. It's uh, it's. It's actually the opposite. It's to show how like force-fitted and delusional these people are and thinking that they're having this normal moment, but they're having anything but. And how grotesque and disturbing it is to witness this moment. I could see, but that's, again, this is Circa, right? This is tied to when it was made. 1986, they wouldn't even put it out. They wouldn't even distribute it because of what it would do to people or how it would affect them. And I could see, putting myself back in the day, I could see, you know, the close-up slow motion shots of the dead bodies and the and the violence in the background, you know, like the echoey violence in the background, you know, just based on what was possible with movies back then and based on the budget, that's actually pretty creative. And I think that he's getting a lot of credit for some simple things that he did that are actually very effective. And then there's the other side of the movie. You have to evaluate it as a whole. There's a lot of things going on here that are weak. And there's a few things on here that are exceptional. And, you know, it lands somewhere in the middle. Okay. Well, you've already started us off because this movie does begin with sort of a musical montage intro of Henry eating food at a diner and getting in his car and driving around the city. And at the same time, it's going in and out of all these are you start? Wait a minute. Are you starting the walkthrough right now? I'm starting the walkthrough right now. You're just hitting it. I'm hitting the road, running. Yeah. Did you ask Greg if he has anything else to say before we go to the walkthrough? Greg, uh, just gonna say that I really enjoy. You're right. It. Nothing that Greg says matters. Let's talk about <laughs> Peter Travers from Rolling Stone. He said this film gives off a dark chill that follows you all the way home. He said that in 2001. So I imagine the further back you go, the more impact the movie has because we become so desensitized now that this doesn't chill you or follow you home. It's just kind of, I don't know, didn't didn't affect me that much at all. Yeah, it's so weird because I was no, I, I was telling Greg when he came over, I was like, I, you know, I've already seen I've already watched it like three times in the past few days. So I was like, you, you, you watch it by yourself because I really don't want to watch it again because there are some parts in the, in the movie that do disturb me and I don't want to feel them right now. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm sorry, Greg. Continue what you were saying. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to just going to say I really enjoyed Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Um, 
it um, when I watch a horror movie, I'm I'm here to see gore, violence. You know, in this movie, there's rape, decapitations, people getting stabbed in the eye. I mean, what's not to love? Right, but it's not all that gory. It's really not all that gory, but um, I like to see people getting killed. I like to see people getting hurt. I like it. So, so, <laughs> so here we go. That's <laughs> Nathan. Are you a little bit? Uh, felt like a little chill go up your spine there. Greg, Greg truly is in this for the extreme violence. Well, um, yeah, no, I'm sitting here thinking of things to ask Greg, like. Um, do you think about killing people? <laughs> Why aren't no. you blinking, Greg? Daniel, <laughs> <laughs> oh, get out of the house. <clears throat> oh, my God. We see your hands. <laughs> no, but let's go into it. Let's go. Okay, now that we're done. Anybody, mm-hmm. any, anything else? Does anybody have anything else? Music was fucking jamming for this movie, though. Yeah. I did like the score. This is what takes you in all this shit. All this shit sounds creepy. Mm-hmm. And that's... The, oh, that was for the intro, right? Yeah, that was yeah. that was like the very beginning of the movie takes you in like that. And when they're flashing around showing all these different women, these dead women, um, that's just them being like, oh, here's like one that he did last week, and here's one that he did a couple of days ago. They're just showing us sort of these little... I don't know, pictures in the diary of his head as he's driving around in his car, right? Like, is that what's happening? Yeah, I think some of the previous murders he was committing around Chicago and all the places he's hit and, uh, you know, bodies. That's what I took away from it. Yeah. Is that he was meeting people and then they were were dead with the, uh, you know, Baraka music. And it and it seems like it like there's it's just whenever the whim hits him because it's like a mm-hmm. pa- an old couple at a diner, and then a whore. No, who you didn't pay attention. What? It's when the opportunity presents itself. Right. He loves. He he likes killing. He enjoys it. It's something that he does when the opportunity presents itself. Right, but I'm sure that so that's that's why he wanted to share it with Otis later, and teaches him things because there are rules. Like when he's in the um, what was it? The convenience store. He compliments the girl on her smile, and then she ends up with a fucking bottle in her face next to the sink. And a few scenes later, wait, was that the same girl? Is that the same girl? I think I thought that was just a prostitute. Yeah, me too. No, I think it's the same girl because it was only her and him in the store together. Mm-hmm. So if they're alone, but... then you can target her. Oh, because I thought he paid for the meal and just took off. Because that, that that girl he complimented on the smile. She was at the diner after he got done eating. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. He, he paid for it. She said... Uh, Is that why he asked for a pack of smokes? Come on. No, Greg. that was a guy. He asked a guy for a pack of smokes. Remember? Oh, for and he said, sakes. And he said, he said how, about, how about them bears? And he said, fuck the bears. Yeah, that was later. He that asked later. the guy. At the beginning, he asked the girl. Maybe the girl is, is, is killed in the toilet. Maybe it's not. Okay, but, I have it running in the background. <clears> and... They sell cigarettes at the diner. Nope. <laughs> they do sell cigarettes. Oh, at the do diner. they sell cigarettes? At yeah, the he gets them from her, he gets them from her at the sorry. diner. And oh, okay. I'm cigarettes sorry. from her and the guy at the diner. And the guy. So oh, okay. Well, that's a smoking motherfucker. Then okay. Yeah, a lot of smoking in this movie. I really connected with Henry on that level. <laughs> and but this, all these images and him walking and driving around the city. This is leading up to him like going to his like hunting spot. Like yeah. He goes and just drives his car. He parks in the grocery store parking lot, <laughs> and he's just he's just hanging out, 
turning his, you know, his side view mirrors around trying to find a nice, lonely, weak-looking woman. And he finds one. He finds one. After after a couple. After a couple. He thinks he has one, and then her daughter comes out to hop in the car with her, and he's like, it could be trouble. Right? Because you just want one. Just want one. You want her to be alone. Finally finds one. Looks like she looks at him, too, for a second. Like, when she's backing out of her car, she, like, catches eyes for a second and then goes on. And then he's on the hunt, just following her really close. Like, real close. Yeah, not even trying to, you know, hide it. Just nope, riding never, her ass the whole way. Ne- never seen a cop show in his life. Doesn't know to stay <laughs> two cars back. He's just bumper to bumper with her. That's hunting music right there. Got a nice one. Just gotta follow her home. But when they get there, her husband pops out and he's like, mm, uh, never mind. Uh, he could kick my ass. I'm out of here. Yep, he's out of there. And that is when we meet Otis and Becky, Otis's sister, because she has just gotten off the plane. Otis is going to pick her up. And uh, Otis really has a way with words. Well, how are you? Good. It's good to see you. Good to see you, too. You got all your things? Yeah. You look terrible. (laughs) Okay, come on, let's go. Okay. (laughs) Okay, enough of your crying. Enough of your crying. Immediately... Immediately you know that he has no social skills. You're instantly put off by Otis. Um, He's abusive towards his sister and doesn't really even recognize it or give a shit. Either way is sort of creepy. Nathan? What do you like? Do you like Otis? Um, It depends on the scene. Sometimes he's effective. sometimes, Sometimes he's not. He's he's pretty average. I mean, if you look at his career, it kind of speaks to that. <laughs> okay, well, let's not look at his career. Let's look at his performance in Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. <laughs> Again, this is getting celebrated, and it doesn't need to be celebrated. It's average. It's middle of the road. It bunts, and it, it makes it to first base after it bunts. It's a Kansas City Royals, all right? It fails in the end. Nah, it's no. a solid triple. That's not a solid triple. Like, solid listen to this comment. Triple. Certainly not for everyone, but if slasher movies are your cup of tea, this is a lot better than most. And the use of Chicago locations is especially effective. What? Yeah, I, I guess. He gave, it, he's a, from he gave it a two out of four, and it ends up being a positive. This is what passes for positive review. It's just borderline. Like it, it contributes yeah, now. That guy's review the- is, is is shit. Yeah, this is. I, I don't even think of this as a slasher film. I think of this as no. definitely risen above a slasher film. Well, that's a that, that's a top critic right there. Mm, apparently not. Middle of the road no. critic. No, that's what it is. It's a top critic. Like like, and by top critic, I mean he writes for a major publication. You're not a top critic because Rotten Tomatoes says you are. You're a top critic because. You write for a major publication. Mm-hmm. Here so we how, go. How see, do you get the job? See, Greg, for the rest of this episode, 
Nathan is just going to be contrarian about everything because this movie had a lot of hype and it didn't live up to the hype well, that he wanted. No. And now he's going to poo poo all have over to everything. Tell me what makes it great. And I'll tell you if I agree or not. <laughs> right. Well, here's another great thing this movie does, which is actually not show you very much. And that is when he decides not to go after that woman that he followed because her husband comes out and he instead picks up a lone female hitchhiker mm-hmm. with a nice guitar, guitar case with a guitar inside of it. And then we see the whole thing with Otis and his sister. They go back and they have a little conversation where, uh, Becky finds out that Otis is living with an old prison mate of his and that Michael Rooker or Henry probably killed his mother. And weirdly, she like is intrigued by all that. (laughs) Right? Like Becky is never like, oh, that's fucking horrifying. Why am I staying here with you? Why didn't you tell me I have a child back at home? Instead, she's like, hmm, did he kill his mom? Really? Like, did he stab her or what? That's hot mom killers wow what was that is that is that stabbing a mother sound is that, oh, being, <laughs> uh, but in comes henry with a suitcase a gift for otis a guitar case i mean and that's i i, I love that like the, seeing him driving around with her even when he talks to the hitchhiker she's like hey am i heading into the city you going in the city and he's like sure that's the kind of answer you give someone you're about to kill because you don't give a fuck what they're talking about. <laughs> and next scene you see him in, oh, he's walking in. He's got a pep in his step. He's feeling chipper. He's giving a gift to his that he got and he just found a gift. He found this guitar case. And he's giving it to his best bud. It's a good day for him. And he's got a job later on that day. Yep. It's a really good day for Henry. He sees a girl that he's not really in love with because I don't know if these kind of sociopaths fall in love with girls, but he's like, oh, here's... like. A hot chick in my this apartment. Yeah, here's this female that doesn't make me immediately want to choke her to death. There must be something about her. Good day. Henry is having a good day at the beginning of this film. I can't touch Rooker's performance. He did a great performance. He did. He's so dead, like dead-eyed, but still with like a code. Well, because it's it's the other characters that are impacted by him. You mentioned the sister is actually intrigued and otis is kind of a twisted individual inside that is just waiting you know like like the first time that he's confronted with what henry does it actually throws him off like it makes him very stressed and anxious and a lot of negative impact to him or at least it, it appears that it negatively impacts him but then he invites it in and it uh it takes him down a twisted path that is what would happen to a psychopath, right? But Henry is, like you said, a sociopath. So he's not hes not impacted that way. He doesn't care. Right. This is where Henry finally loops back around. It is the same female that he followed home from the grocery store mm-hmm. that he goes to after he finishes exterminating those people's house, right? Because he has a little conversation with his boss, and his boss is like, hey, you know, there's not a, lot of, not a lot of jobs around lately. You know, so I'll keep you on retainers, a little something-something. You keep that exterminator tank, all right? And he just goes, uses that tank and immediately uses it in a con <laughs> to go and pick up that woman from the grocery store. Like, as if he was just walking home and was like, oh, ah, I bet that woman lives close by. Her husband's probably at work. And then... 
and then whatever nice gift he picked up from there. Nathan, help me out here. Greg, what happens after that? Uh, then you see her dead body laying on the couch, strangled. Oh, that's right. Some sound effects of what probably took place in that room. Right. What no. are the What are the black marks on? I think that was a uh, some sort of electrical cord. Was Was that a strangulation device that was probably left or, on her body? Or like cigarette burns, maybe. Or, oh yeah, that's right. There were little yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking some cigarettes. Well. Yeah, cigarette burns. He took her down. Nice little slow mo spin shot on her. There's three or four. No, there's four on her face. And there's one, two, three, four, five on her left or her right breast. Oh, nine. Oh, I didn't know it was nine. That's interesting. There's a bunch of burn marks. <laughs> I don't know oh. what that means. <laughs> and it shoots to Otis being a jackass. It is at Bob's gas. Yes. That lazy fuck. <laughs> yeah, he's so lazy. because That's the job that he has to have because he's on probation. And he doesn't even like... You can't even check the the tire pressure in an elderly woman's car. He just taps his little like he taps his pen against the tire, and he's like, "There you go, stupid yeah, bitch." <laughs> it's not a pen; it's an actual tire pressure gauge. Okay, but he doesn't use it at all. He just taps it against the tire. <laughs> it might as well be a pen. Yeah, no, he's a piece of shit, and he also doesn't close her hood, and then she drives away. <laughs> uh huh. And then he closes the hood, but he doesn't latch it. It's like you can see that it's not latched. No, and he doesn't even check her oil either. He just like stands with her hood open for a second, and he's like, "Yeah, all good." And he's also a side drug dealer, apparently, because he's talking mm. to this little kid about giving him some stuff. You have some of that stuff. Uh huh. He like wants to meet the kid like on school property, really bad. And the kid's like, eh, "I don't know." Okay, fine, fuck it. <laughs> and that will definitely come into play later. Definitely. You're talking about the leg grab? You're talking about the leg grab. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about that leg grab. He wants a little young boy. Otis is fucked up, man. Otis is. Uh, he wants something. He's very. He's he's the most unpredictable person. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to stick to my whole speech. I think he's a psychopath. He's just being, you know, unleashed by Henry's sociopathic behavior. He is. He's like a, he's like a mad dog, but still, still pretty firmly under Henry's control. Like, Henry is definitely the dominant person between the two of them. Yeah. Always doling out advice and uh, suggesting things. Um, stopping Otis from doing certain things, especially that. Yeah. I think we could just skip ahead, honestly. Let's skip ahead to <laughs> the conversation that probably one of the most depressing family conversations that occurs in film that's between Henry and Becky. Now, now Nathan. Are you talking about the killed his mother bullshit? Yeah. Now, Nathan. Mm. I want you to ask Henry about his daddy. Daniel, why do you make me watch these movies? Hey, Greg. Tell me about your daddy, Henry. <laughs> My daddy? <laughs> He used to drive a truck before he got his legs cut off. Oof. Which is uh, actually true. Which is actually true. That is tough. Yes, Henry Lee Lucas, his father, actually lost his legs. I think it was in a... He was working on the railroads, though. But mm-hmm. Oh, is that like the only part of Henry Lee Lucas that made it into the movie? No. Uh, no, no, I think, no, I think, all, I think all of this family history stuff is, uh, is right on. Now, Henry, what about your brother? My brother, he had a bone disorder. Oof. He was a little uh, deformed. 
He died. Okay. All right. Well, surely you've got a good relationship with your mother. My mama was a whore. Oh. God, Henry. <laughs> but I don't fault her for that. It ain't what she done, it's how she done it. As long as I can remember, she'd be bringing men up to the house. My daddy was there too, but it didn't matter none to her. And she'd make me watch it. It's creepy. She beat me too, a lot. She beat me when I wouldn't watch it. And sometimes she beat me and make me wear a dress and watch her doing it. Then they laugh at me. So his mother <clears throat> she's a mountain woman. Actually did whore herself for money, had the legless father watch. And she forced Henry to watch and sometimes dressed him up in a dress and forced him to watch in a dress and would beat him when he didn't watch. Jesus. That's how you raise a serial killer. Yes. And I would also like to mention with all of that, plus hating 50s music, that's a serial killer. Yes. Hating 50s music, not liking dogs. Those are two (laughs) sure signs. Um, But with how bad Henry's family is, surely, Becky, your father can't be that bad. One time he bought me, when I was about five, he bought me an ice cream cone. And I dropped it. And he slapped me and made me pick it up and eat it. Okay, well, that's that's when you're little. It's It can't. It got better when you got older, right? One time, when my mama was at work, and I was about 13, he come into my room and he... Uh, told me to take my shirt off because he wanted to see how I was developed and when I wouldn't he got real mad and he, and he hit me and he told me that he had a right because he was my daddy and I was his daughter and uh, he fed me and let me live in his house and he could do whatever he wanted yeah well to be fair I mean her, her dad's got a point <laughs> he's just checking up on his uh checking his up on the progress and uh Mm-hmm. Yep, Let me see the goods. All right, his fair in, enough. Get out there. Investment? Did you just? Say? <laughs> That's right. His investment. That's right. So that's a fucked up conversation. Yes. So Daniel, don't ever have kids. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's about what they can do for me. That's right. Yeah, that's been made clear. Yeah, and what makes this all so fucked up is not just that they're having this conversation about how fucked up each other's upbringings were and how fucked up each other's parents were, is that this is their like romantic candlelight dinner conversation. <laughs> that's 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 what that part is. Is that that is them, that is them, kind of falling in love with each other so much so that I'm not sure if it's because Henry is a sociopath and doesn't remember how he actually killed his mother, but. When she brings it up, even though Otis made her promise not to tell Henry that she knew that Henry killed his mother, when she brings it up, he thinks that he shot her at first, and then maybe he stabbed her, and then she corrects him, and he's like, yeah, I guess I killed her that way. He doesn't even really know. Is he thrown off because his heart is all a flutter, or is he thrown off because his memory is just, like, so fucked he can't even really remember? It's just a bunch of strobe light images of him choking his mother and screaming. That's probably what it was. Yeah. Could have been the poor writing in the scene. Could have been anything. 
No, it's definitely a point. With so little to be said, there's definitely a point to why he wouldn't remember. And that the fact that he doesn't quite remember makes it even more disturbing. Mm-hmm. Now, you want a beer, Greg? Uh, yeah. Now, the, the all the yeah, beer... I, I, you're supposed to say, yeah, I guess. <laughs> also, I, this movie is like exactly what a horror movie should be, which is like 90 minutes. Like That's how long a horror movie should be, mm-hmm. is 90 minutes. And this movie is that. And there's always something going on. If it's not a disturbing conversation between Wrong. people that are obviously not normal, trying to pretend like they're normal, then there is this someone getting is murdered. It's not 90 minutes, yeah. it's 82. 82 minutes, even better. It's 75 even better. to 90 minutes. That's all you need. Perfect horror length. You don't want to be in that world for too long. You know what? I agree with you there. Horror movies do need to be short and sweet. However, there are uh, just a lot of scenes in this movie that don't that don't pull the trigger. I want to get to those. I want to criticize this movie because you can talk about how good Michael Rooker is and you can talk about... Here, here. Roger Ebert, okay? Mm-hmm. This is his statement about this movie. And I think this is actually a very very on on point statement he says it is a low budget tour de force that provides an unforgettable portrait of the pathology of a man for whom killing is not a crime but simply a way of passing time and relieving boredom i'd say it's a fair statement yeah and michael rooker gets that across well he gets it across very well and not many movies go this, this simple movie, the parts that I mentioned Minecraft and and thank God I had it is because it's the you know those long drawn out movie the, those those scenes like where he's talking about his mother where it's like okay yeah I, I get the point but it's not really that engaging you know the parts that were done really well in this movie are the killing and Michael Rooker's indifference during those killing scenes that's the part that's chilling and some of the artistic stuff with the you know panning across the, the dead bodies and stuff like that but in terms of like their interplay with each other around the table like i, I don't know it feels like something in, in a drama class you know it's just, it, it feels feels pretty low-key low just not very well done would it would it had been, uh, been better if they did like some sort of flashback like if, if he was talking about killing his mom and then you know they, they uh, showed some sort of violent scene like that maybe it's a good question Maybe the dad hmm. backhanding, you know. Oh yeah, like one time I dropped cream. my ice cream, and then you bah! just like yeah, <laughs> two second cutaway to like an old, to like an older man smacking a long, young child, and back to Becky in the kitchen. <laughs> no, it would have been better if he didn't want to talk about it. He doesn't really, and he. Why can, does he? Why does he though? And you like can tell he's upset he with does Otis it for the purposes of the audience understanding the psychology or pathology of of him. As a serial killer, it's not that scene is not something that he, that he would actually engage in. Well, he doesn't engage in it very long, and Otis interrupts it anyways. And this is like, I, I like when these moments happen in these movies because there's a handful of other films that have a moment like this in them, and it's that you know Otis is fucked up. You've been getting the creepy vibe from him since the beginning of the movie. You know that he's way too into his sister. And then when he comes back, or did he he leaves to go run the errand with the boy, right? This is where he gets punched in the face. Oh yeah, I think that's where he goes and does his delivery. Yeah, he goes and does his delivery. He thinks he's gonna get a little sweet, I don't know, tug job from <laughs> some tip. high school boy. Yeah. And instead, when he grabs the high school kid's leg, 
he gets punched in the face. Or maybe that comes afterwards. I'm not sure. Either way. Otis comes back into the kitchen. Asks his sister for a beer. She has that little part where she puts her little shirt on. The I Love Chicago shirt. Oh, and during that scene, Henry says, what does it say? Does that mean that Henry can't read? Well, he really can't. Even in real life, he can't. He cannot read. So he is illiterate in real yes. life. Yes, he is. The I Love Chicago uh, scene happens much before the... The, the drug deal? The yeah, the potential tug job, as you called it. The the the, the Boogie Nights predecessor scene. <laughs> oh, now it's the Boogie Nights pre. No, let's go with tug job. <laughs> I like I like your first uh, review of that. Uh, the scene the Boogie Nights ripped off. Now, will you guys just admit that all this peripheral nonsense is is poorly done, and the only parts of this movie that are worthy of being called brilliant or exceptional, or the the part that makes it stand out in horror movie lore, is Rooker. We it, like it is definitely it is definitely Rooker, but I I gotta say without without uh what's his name towels without him he plays he's a great otis man he's a great otis even becky well, no, with that, her like that does play into it but it's it's the scenes where they're killing people where he's teaching him and opening up that door increasing his comfort level turning him into a fucking psychopath and then seeing that what he's created or what he's allowed him or, or what has happened to him by involving him in his world and realizing he has to to put a stop to it yeah absolutely and cap it off and you kind of see some of that putting a stop to it in Henry's character in the scene because obviously just knowing that his sister is changing into a t-shirt behind him has has put Otis into full arousal (laughs) and when he begs his sister to get him a beer when she hands him the beer he grabs her arm and pulls her in for a kiss and the music goes all crazy and you knew that moment was coming you knew it since the beginning of the movie that moment was coming Mm -hmm. and here's the moment finally and Henry immediately stops the situation, grabs Otis by the head, threatens him, tells him to apologize. All very, very disturbing, chest-tightening little moments. But I think the only reason why her character exists is, A, to bring unnatural dialogue out of him to give the audience a better idea of his psychosis, and also to, yeah, to, to bring conclusion to Otis and, and his relationship, it is, and it is, and it is to it is to alter the story to make a better movie. And yes, some of that conversation is jilted. Mm-hmm. Some of the writing is a little bit, I guess, stale. But the whole movie has this weird, dead, stale serial killer vibe to it. So the conversations seem to match that to me. But I get it. I've seen movies with much more money do much worse. But also that that was an actual relationship, Henry Lee Lucas and Otis's niece Becky yes. in, in the movie. So it's a sister, but uh, that you know that was an actual relationship. So in order, okay. To, well, this is relevant information. Where the fuck was this earlier, Greg? It, it's um, true. It's, it, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was Henry that it was in love with, with Otis's niece. Niece, yeah. And her and wait the to, niece was like to, twelve years old. Back. Yeah, she was twelve. Yeah. Way to hold it back. Make me look like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. I guess she helps the character in that sense for the for the scenes, but uh, but yeah, it is a it is an actual relationship. Yeah, so they kind of the director is making Henry a little bit of a hero here, mm-hmm. which in real life he definitely was not. We go on. Is this when Otis kicks the TV in? I love when Otis <laughs> kicks the TV in. Breaks the damn TV. 
He's stomping around. He's trying to get it to work. He breaks it in. He breaks the whole fucking screen in and then just puts his hands in his pockets like, nope, <laughs> shit got a little out of control. Sorry, Henry. And then right after that, he's like, oh, fuck, I need a TV. I still need a TV. So then they go TV shopping together in the middle of the night. and for In the- some storage unit. <laughs> yeah. Some, like, thief who is just open 24-7. Just has like a little neon sign in his garage that he turns on after midnight. <laughs> Vagabonds come strolling in looking for TV sets. And it's obviously stolen because he's willing to let all of it go for like half or a third of what it costs. <laughs> and what fat asshole sits around his garage and like insults or condescends yeah. <laughs> to two guys that look like serial killers. <laughs> Because that's what he does. They come in with 50 bucks looking for a TV. And he's like, yeah, it's got a black and white one over there. And he's like, here, plug it in. He's like, oh, I put it in the plug. And he's like, yeah, would you go to fucking college? (laughs) Great job, you piece of shit. And he's just like, the whole time, he just keeps tormenting them and tormenting them until they try to leave because they don't want to spend as much money as he wants them to spend. And in that moment, is that when they have... I forget, is it this or the hookers? Which one comes first? The... I think that no. was before the TV. No, the after they got punched, that's like the legitimate murder. It goes like this. It goes, Henry stopping Otis from kissing his sister. Mm-hmm. She suggests they go out and have a beer to get over their little weird fight. And that's, that's, what, it is. that's when they get a beer that leads into hookers, mm-hmm. uh, which leads into this. And... Oh, that's one neck. Second neck. That's the part that makes Otis a little queasy. Yeah. He's like, oh shit, my best friend just killed two whores right in front of me. (laughs) Nathan, you and I, we've been there. I'm sorry. (laughs) Did he even get to finish? I mean, I feel like the neck breaking for Henry is finishing. Yeah, that's probably like all the struggling is the sex part. I can't, I can't rag on this part because this is one of those parts that actually has relevance because this is what affects Otis. I do, I do appreciate how Otis initially afraid Mm -hmm. of going where Henry goes, but once Henry does it in front of him and you know, like they get away with it, then it's like, okay, like he gets excited. And then the TV guy happens and they score the video camera and he just starts to like somersault, you know, double twisty spin off the 10 foot diving board, sploosh into the world of murder and mayhem. Yeah, because it doesn't take much because right after this, you know, Otis is not even really that upset. He's kind of just like pouting. In the car, yeah. It's almost it's almost like um, it's almost like a take it take it like a high school analogy, right? Like the twisted kid, you know, that ends up shooting and killing everybody in the school. Just needed uh, someone to give him the idea and make it seem like it was a reasonable thing to accomplish. And some French fries. Yeah, that's, that's really all it takes to win Otis back over. <laughs> In that, in when what you probably saw out of the corner of your Minecraft periphery, 
was <laughs> was great, two great men segue, Daniel. was segue. two men having a boring conversation in a car where really it's this like well synchronized like Otis doesn't want to be a part of it he's pouting Henry's like hey you know I, sorry about that crazy shit that just went down <laughs> you know I'm sorry here's uh, some got you some food you want some fries a fr- looks like they pulled it out of a dumpster like, he does <laughs> and Otis like fine he takes some fries and he starts chowing down on them and then then they take that synchronized sip of their drink together and like in that moment that they both take a sip together everything's cool again Mm -hmm. everything's back on top ready to go and i think that's when we lead into otis doing the drug deal otis touching the little kid or no them going to the tv thing the tv guy fucking with them and then henry just freaking out and killing the tv guy and otis is kind of like holding him down Mm -hmm. so now he's like that's kind of his thing and up until this point i guess is just holding the person down while henry does the killing yeah and then drug deal otis comes back home all pissed off he's like i want to fucking kill this kid that punched me in the face and henry gives him advice and that advice is that you can't kill this kid people have already seen you two together if he winds up dead they're gonna go where's that creepy old guy that sells him drugs i bet he did it so Henry is aware of what it takes to evade the cops. Although to be honest, from the look of like the late 80s in Chicago, it seemed like it seemed like until 1992 if you were just reasonably intelligent, you could get away with murder for like a long time. <laughs> Not a problem. Leaving fingerprints and cum all over the place, no one's going to catch you. Nope. It seems so easy. Like half the time he just kind of like just drags their body behind halfway behind a wall, you know, and then <laughs> puts his blinker on and back into traffic. <laughs> but because he can't kill this kid, uh, there's a very important line, which is pretty much what is like the last little tip over the edge that Otis needs. And the last little thing Henry needs to hear to become full-on mentor. I'd still like to kill him, though. I bet you would. I'd like to kill somebody. Say that again. I'd like to kill somebody. Let's mean you go for a ride, Otis. Let's mean you go for a ride instantly. The second Otis is like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll kill somebody. Henry's like, let's go. Get in the car. Get in the car. We're doing this right fucking now. He's excited. This is like taking his son out. To send him on to like to help him learn how to ride a bike. It's like today's the day. He's gonna run behind him. He's gonna pretend like he's still holding on to the seat, but he's not holding on to the seat anymore. Otis is a real man. And they just brutally just drive around the city, pull off under some overpass, pretend like their car is broken, and the first kind, helpless man that shows up to give them a hand. Otis just whips the gun out and just shoots him in the chest. Three slugs. Three slugs and he's dead. Ah, Everyone feels better. Everyone, a good, they got a good laugh out of it. They did. They got a good laugh. Every, you know, that weight's off his shoulders now. Good times. Hop back in the car. Hop back in the car, head home. And this is where we get the use or the beginning of the use of the video camera, mm-hmm. which they stole from that guy's garage. And the video camera comes into play for pretty much the rest of the film in that Otis is very infatuated with it. Yes. He like that whole uncomfortable scene where is uh, Becky and 
Henry are dancing. Yeah. And then Becky keeps trying to kiss Henry and he keeps pulling away. But then Otis is like really into them kissing. And he's got the camera up in their faces. And he's like, yeah, come on. We got to see some beers. Let's fucking get this going. Let's do this. You guys going to sit down? You're like, whoa, Otis. Way too strong. Coming on way too strong. He probably could have had something going on if he was just a little bit more subtle. That's where I would come in as Otis's mentor. Like, you got to calm down. You got to bring the camera out and then put the camera somewhere away from you so that you're not the threat. The camera's a threat. You're not the threat. You're, you're separate from the camera. You're not a threat. And then you manipulate the situation from there. Daniel. Yeah. His sister. Mm-hmm. He might have had something going on. Well, he might have had like them, you know, he could have gotten Becky and Henry to perform for the camera if he wasn't so. Sorry, can you replace Becky with his sister? Can you say that again? Oh, yeah, it's his sister. Yeah. Let's move forward to the actual, like, the reason why this movie is disturbing and the reason why this movie has critical acclaim. Oh, move forward. I think it's time that we move backwards, Nathan. Backwards in time to 1990. Oh, wait. One more time. All the way back. They go 91 and 1990. Oof. That feels good, Nathan. Back in 1990. How old was everyone here? I was five. Greg was five. I was seven. Nathan, does that make you 11? 11 years old in 1990, correct. 11 years old in 1990. Anybody want to take a guess at what movies came out that year? There was a bunch, a lot of great sequels. Come on, think hard. Child's Play 2. I believe, um, Child's Play 2. Ding, ding, ding. Bam. Correct, Greg. I believe Dances with Wolves. Uh, that's possible. Not on here. Um, <laughs> Child's Play 2 was on your list? Child's Play 2 is on my list. Gremlins 2. Oh, Gremlins 2. A very important installment in the Chainsaw Massacre franchise also came out that year oh cha- uh, chainsaw massacre 2 uh do you know which one it was greg uh it was chainsaw massacre 2 no no oh 90 part 3 leatherface part 3 leatherface yeah. thank you Jeff Burr. yep that's right nightbreed also came out predator 2 nathan predator 2 uh driving miss daisy won best picture that year driving miss daisy how about kevin bacon's tremors tremors mm-hmm. how about jacob's ladder Darkman, Arachnophobia, Frankenhooker. Oh, yes. How about we talk about movies that aren't horror? Whew. Well, you know, well, I've tossed Gremlins 2 in there for you. That's kind of somewhere in how here. How about My Left Foot? How about Dead Poets Society? Born on the Fourth of July? Field of Dreams? <coughs> it goes on and on. Now, how about music? How about You Can't Touch This? <laughs> Little MC Hammer? Free Fallen. You mean, um, the ripoff song that he did? Uh, yes, of the. Oh, what's the fucking Dave Chappelle does them? Rick James. Remember that old Rick James tune? Yeah. Free Fallen by Tom Petty. Epic. Ripoff. Ripoff. Come on, Epic. <laughs> Faith No More. You guys, come on, tell me you remember Epic by Faith No More. You guys are killing me. You're killing me. <laughs> you want to lead us down the path? But you can't have it. 
That's epic. You know, you know my from faith being no more. my friend probably since, honestly, probably since 1990. That's probably when we first connected. Um, or around there, anyway. Um, yeah. You mm-hmm. used to listen to a bunch of shit that I had much, no interested in. Much to my chagrin. These are fucking popular culture songs. Had nothing to do with what I did or did not listen to back in 1990, Nathan. Mm-hmm. Culture? Let's go with this one. Who was president? Who was president of America in 1990? Come on, think back, think back, think uh, back. Bill Clinton. Nope. Theo Ridge. Oh, George, George Bush, Theo George Ridge. Bush, the daddy. Ooh. One-term Bush. South right, Africa, like freed Nelson I like, Mandela. I like to call him one-term Bush. <laughs> yeah, one-term Bush. That's, yeah, that's right. Who won the Super Bowl, Nathan? Who won the Super Bowl in 1990? Who won the Super Bowl in 1990? Probably the Washington Redskins. What if I give you the teams that were in it? Can you tell me which one of them won? Yeah, okay. It was the 49ers versus the Broncos. Oh, 49ers. Oh, 49ers definitely won the Super Bowl. That was one of the most dominating Super Bowl victories in all all time, right? It was, 55-10. And the global population was a shocking 5.2 billion. We have grown so much as a culture and as a planet... What are we at now? Seven? Seven and a half, I think we're coming up on. Should be 10 billion by 2025, I believe. I guess we need more Henrys, huh? (laughs) We do. We could use a handful more Henrys. I will not be contributing to that number. An outbreak of Henrys, even. (laughs) Back into 2014. Okay. Let me just stretch real quick. That always uh, tightens me up. (laughs) Now, we're coming up on the end of this. It's pretty quick as it goes from Otis accepting his new life of being a killer and uh, Henry having to make his way out of time, which he's sort of out of of town, which he's sort of alluding to the entire time of this film, which is that you got to stay on the move. You got to fool the cops, stay on the move, take the opportunity when it's right. Don't take the opportunity when it's wrong. You have to have a code. You have to have discipline. And all Otis is really interested in is filming everything. And this is is this is their shocking home in home invasion, home invasion snuff video, right? They just go out looking for somebody to prey on. They find a family, and we're watching the entire thing through Henry's holding the camera, like mm-hmm. with the, it's it's through the lens of the camera that we're seeing this, and it's Henry holding the camera. Otis has the woman headlocked on a chair; she's struggling very realistically. Even the way that he like reaches and like opens up her blouse and lets her tits out, and how he's half sort of teasing about putting his hand into her pantyhose, uh, it's all it's very it's very disturbing, and he acts the scene very well enough for me to be like, Ooh, I wonder if that actress was actually scared because this, like this Tom Tal's guy was was way too into it. I think she was. That's what made that scene so. I mean, even for me, kind of uncomfortable, hard to watch. (laughs) Grabbing her while she's screaming and trying to smooch on her. Henry's sort of half directing him and what to do, which is odd because up until now, Henry's been pretty quiet and sort of do your own thing. But now he's like, yeah, yeah, do this and do that, which which struck me as odd anyways. And then the son unknowingly comes home 
Yep. Stumbles into this invasion and you just see the camera drop to the ground. Still have a creepy, even now creepier angle on Otis torturing this woman. And then on top of that, Henry struggling and beating this boy to death. Some young teenage boy just fighting for his life. Just stumbled into it. And now he's got Henry on top of him doing one of his classic Henry moves. The next snap. Mm -hmm. And... Does he also snap the neck of the woman because she's screaming so loud? Or does Otis finally take the initiative and snap her neck? I think Henry does it, doesn't he? Because it, it makes a big difference. Yeah. Because it, if it's Otis that does it, then that's like, a you know, yeah, literally the snap is literally him completely embodying. That's why he's so fascinated with watching it in slow motion. That is, oh, there we go. Okay. okay. I knew I was rolling up on a point so here. That was his, his kill. Yep. And I don't know about you guys, I discovered, despite all the heaps of gore and disturbing conceptual things that I've seen, that watching a man gleefully suck on a dead woman's tits really put me off. (laughs) Like, really, really put me off. I kind of, like, sat back a little bit in shock of how put off that actually made me. He was about to fuck her, but Henry stopped him. Yeah, yeah. Henry had to stop Otis from having sex with this dead woman. And I probably wouldn't have been as as weirdly disturbed if it had been a shocking over-the-top scene of him fucking this dead woman. But something about her just, like, open mouth dangling there while he's, like, giggling and, like, getting nice little tugs on her nipples with his mouth. I'm just like, it's very... I, yeah. I feel like it really punches it in there. And then especially when you sort of zoom out and you see the two of them just sitting on the couch... Mm-hmm watching this whole video and as soon as it's over the first thing Otis wants to do is rewind it to the beginning and watch it again no that but he fell asleep to watching it in slow motion <laughs> that's right he puts it on slow motion he falls asleep to watching it on slow motion later oh my god all very fucked up no the whole scene like this is the in my opinion this is the reason why this movie is infamous and why it has so much clout with the horror movie following or the the genre the people that love it yeah because it is very effective this scene more than any scene in the entire movie is incredibly effective the rest of it is just art house cinema uh all the you know kill scenes and like the slow motion pan over the dead bodies that's all just art house director being artistic this scene is the reason this is what stands out it's 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 worse. Like I was just rewatching it while you were talking about it, Daniel, and it's like <clears throat> Okay, so Otis kills her, he breaks her neck, and Henry has just finished killing the son at that point. And basically the, the foot of the father or the husband kicks Henry, and Henry turns to look at him and pulls out the knife and walks off screen yes of the camera right yes and while that happens you're faced with otis who's now kissing this dead woman's body and fondling her breasts and just enjoying himself with her while henry's doing god knows what to the husband and then henry comes over and grabs the camera you know you see that the husband is now dead and then he's you know stop doing that let's go but just the sadistic way that Otis enjoys every last second. Like he is genuinely enjoying all of it. Just thinking it's a riot. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely no um, remorse or hesitation or anything. Just fully engaged. And I don't know. Just just the whole scene is a it's it's a loss for words. The they don't a lot of horror movies and a lot of things that are disturbing. They tend to explain things to you. Even great movies like Seven explains it to you. You know, he explains why he does everything. And this movie doesn't ex- doesn't do that really. The, the hokey scenes where they try to explain his psychology—it's all bullshit. And it's poorly done, poorly written, poorly acted. But this is unapologetic and actually disturbing. I will give credit when something is executed well. And from a horror movie perspective, that scene is executed like 100% effective. Oh my God, like difficult to watch. Yes. Difficult to watch is the key, which is which is rare. Uh, so, yeah. so rare for how gruesome things are descriptively. They're usually not that disturbing to watch as this is. And I'm glad you mentioned Henry walking off screen because, yeah, that's a part that I forgot, which is also extra disturbing, which is just yeah. him going with his knife and then just disappearing. But it does, it, it all speaks to the realness of, you know, because things are like the sun comes home, so he has to deal with that. Like, this is, it, it all adds to that realism that you're talking about. It's like if I was to say anything about any movie, like, like take Heat, for example. Um, there's a few great scenes in Heat, but one of the things that really stands out is when, you know, they go and have coffee together at the very end and talk about, you know, what's about to happen Mm -hmm. it's just such a special scene you know and that's and it stands out and that this movie i'm not comparing this to heat but i'm just saying (laughs) that i'm trying to find examples in my mind of like how it isn't just a horror movie thing or it isn't it isn't just um because i feel like i am being unfair sometimes to horror movies just because there are scenes that are done well and maybe that's something that I do with dramas that I'm like, oh, because of this one scene and the rest of the movie was competent, I'm going to celebrate this movie. And yeah, I guess. I guess I should lay off a little bit because, you know, there is a very exceptional exceptional scene here that is uh, very triumphant. Oh, good. From a horror movie a credit for once. Wow. Well, no, because I'm just sitting here evaluating it and you know what? Like I'm just I'm also reading this this review of this movie and um yeah, like I'm not going to pull any punches. A lot of this movie is is born of its budget. But for them to accomplish that, there are a lot of horror movies with a lot larger budgets that have never managed to accomplish the kind of discomfort that you get from watching that. Like that's a very well done scene. Mhm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Absolutely. And with how much Otis is infatuated, Henry has taken it upon himself to sort of give him the rundown of the best way to avoid getting caught, which is to constantly change your M.O., which is great. That's like such a simple tactic for when the police force is at a such much simpler technology time, which is that they just they need patterns. They need patterns to find serial killers, and as long as you switch it up, you chop one up, you leave one hole, you shoot one, you stab one, you poison one. They don't know what the fuck is happening. They think it's a bunch of different killers. Until you get caught. (laughs) Until you get caught, exactly. 
Or until me, you get I'm killed. Just, I'm just guessing here, uh, Greg, but can mm-hmm. you give me some feedback on the Henry Lee Lucas story? He goes to prison, yeah? He goes to prison, and that's that's where he... Uh, Spends the rest of his life? Yep, died in prison of a heart attack. And and I think that's that, that one line in there where he was talking about, oh, you leave one hole, cut one up, that was an actual confession he gave to police. He says, I've strangled people, I've smothered people, stabbed, shot. He says, in any way you could think of it, I've done it. So that you know, maybe they're playing off of that. I don't know, but um, could be. Yeah, he did. He did say that. Yep. And he was claimed to have. He claimed killing hundreds of people, three hundred something. But they've only ever been able to pin him with like a dozen or so. Yeah. The actual Lucas. And he, it's because he caught wind of getting great deals or favors out of the cops by confessing to all of their cold case files so all these cops were just slamming the books shut and getting bonuses left and right because Steak they get dinners <laughs> because all they had to do was give henry lee lucas like an extra bit of time in the yard and he confessed to anything so it was this weird like buddy gruesome buddy system that was going down yeah. looking at <clears throat> pictures of henry lee lucas but it's another disturbing little moment when he's explaining this like great plan or piece of advice for avoiding the cops and Otis really isn't even paying attention. He's like shoving some food in his mouth and watching yeah. I forget what they're are they watching kids at a playground or something? I feel like they're just they're just They're like, watching two homeless people, aren't they? Uh oh, that's right. Yeah, there's two homeless there's... That's like the first bum fights yeah. ever recorded was by <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Well, Otis invented bummed, the bum they? fight. Yeah. They are. They're That's just sitting there. <laughs> They're just sitting there by their car filming these two bums beat the shit out of a third bum and steal his bum stuff. <laughs> and then he's part he's like giving this advice to Otis. Otis isn't really paying attention. He's busy filming. And he's like, Why well, what do you mean you can't use a gun? And that's like missing the point entirely of everything that Henry has said. And they have that great little like lighthearted moment. You can use a gun. I'm not saying you can't use a gun. Just don't use the same gun twice. Yeah, these both got his mouth, their mouths full of food. One's missed the point of the conversation. One doesn't really even give a shit that he missed the point <laughs> of the conversation. And now he's sort of annoyed. Like, what? What? No, you can use a gun. You just can't use it twice, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to anything? <laughs> oh, it's such a nice little moment. Now we've unleashed the monster. Otis is doing his own thing. Becky has quit her job and decided that, like, eh, it's a little bit too fucked up down here. I'm going to go back to where my daughter lives and put up with my bitch mom because it's better, honestly, than the weird, creepy vibe I get hanging around here. And Henry's like, oh, okay, well, you know, she invites Henry with her, and she wants him to come really bad, mm-hmm. like really bad. She really wants him to come, and he's eh, not too into it, but he's going to think about it. And in the meantime... uh. Let's see. In the meantime, he is going to take her out to a steak dinner. Let's me and you go get us a steak dinner. Like a gentleman. I'm buying, huh? I got a new Visa card I want to try out. You've got a Visa card? Yeah. Who you think you're associating with anyway? He's got a new Visa card. I'm an exterminator, bitch. Ooh, big man on the town. Got his new Visa card. Big deal back then. She is (laughs) impressed. And they go out and they have this dinner and they come back. Otis is asleep, implying that he's been jerking off watching himself, I don't know, go necro all over some poor woman. And there's like a weird seduction scene that happens between Henry and Becky. 
where she's right into it. She wants to take her clothes off. She keeps trying to take Henry's clothes off, but he doesn't want to be in it really much. But she keeps trying to kiss him. And is it because Henry just isn't into the sex part and there's all this weird disturbing attachment with sex? Or is it... He's, that's just... Sociopaths just don't really give a shit about fucking. It's hard to say because uh, Henry Lee Lucas raped a lot of victims. So there's so there's definitely so he's just he's let's just say he's uncomfortable. Yeah. And to, and to add to the discomfort, right as they're about to kiss or maybe like cross that boundary of intimate trust, boom! There's Otis with the video camera in his tidy whities ready to film this shit, ready to go. Yep. He wants to see his friend fuck his sister. That's Otis. Yep. The beast is loose. Henry can't handle it. He's got to go for a walk around town, go buy some cigarettes. That's where he has the scene that we were talking about earlier, oh, Greg. that's right. He walks into the store. The guy that plays the clerk is one of the producers of this film, one of the only two executive producers of this film. Uh, you know, asks Henry about the bears. Henry doesn't give a fuck about the bears. And when he gets back to the apartment, that's the other really disturbing scene in this film. Which is Otis just utterly raping his sister. You see them on the floor. He's giggling. He's way too into it. She's not resisting as much as she should. Which implies this happens a lot more often than you want to think it does. She kind of knew it was going to happen when Henry said he wanted to leave. She was like, "Uh, really? You want to leave right now? He's like all amped up. (laughs) Even actually as Henry leaves, he's like, can you get me a beer? So you know he's going to grab her again, and this time right into the rape. Only here's hero Henry, here to save the day. Rushes in, throws him off. They start getting into a fight back and forth, and it's actually Becky. Yeah. The third person to join in this crew of murderers stabs her own brother in the eye with, like, the edge of her comb or something. Yeah, it looked like a brush or something. And then Henry has to... You know, finish the job because he's running, squirming around the house, screaming. Mm-hmm. Bleeding like stuck pig. Goodbye, Otis. Monster created, monster destroyed. Yeah. And then right into a really gruesome, <laughs> sawing. With with all the the right sound effects too. Yeah, just a really intense sawing. Dismemberment in the a bathtub dismemberment. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, pops his head right off, sticks in the bag, gets the whole thing all chopped up. And then the, together they drive. They go dump Otis's body romantically over the bridge together. Mm-hmm. Goodbye burden, goodbye problems. And now it's just hitting the road. There's a chance here for the two of them to just drive off into the sunset together, holding hands, and lead like a natural born killer's lifestyle together. Mm-hmm. But despite the bizarre scene or the disturbing sort of scene where she's like, I love you, Henry. Despite watching him saw up her own brother into parts and throw him off a bridge, despite the fact that she knows that he's definitely, he's, he's fucking definitely killed people before if he's walking around the house just straight to the saw. And she loves him so much. She knows him. And he's like, meh, well, you know, I haven't killed you yet, so I guess I love you too. <laughs> He's just like, I guess that's what it means. I don't know. You've been around a lot longer than most women. So I guess (laughs) I love you. But in the end, 
Like the story of the scorpion and the toad. What did Henry do, guys? He killed her. He kills her. He kind of has to. Yeah. It's it's in line with who he is. Sure. It is. He's. So it works. It's that way. And honestly, maybe he put her out of her misery. She's going to go back to her, like, trash life with her husband who is also a killer. She's just surrounded by killers, this woman, Becky. Mm-hmm. Her husband was a killer, and now he's in jail. She's going to go live with her mom who doesn't, who probably blames her for getting raped by her father. And, you know, so maybe did Henry put her out of her misery? Maybe he did. At least yeah. now he's, he's back to, you know... He, he works I alone. think maybe he entertained the idea of not killing her. The emotion of the moment with Otis dying and everything. And then he came to his senses and said, no, she has to die. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I think that's very much what happened. And as we ended off here, is this a movie for horror fans or is this a movie for everyone? Greg. It's a movie for horror fans. I really don't. I don't believe this is for everyone. Yeah. B- because of scenes that you know we discussed about, especially like the home invasion scene. I mean, I don't. I just don't see everybody getting into this movie. I recommend it. You know, but I think it's for horror fans. It's for horror fans, Nathan. Uh, horror fans and twisted fucks go hand in hand. So you know, some yeah, often the same person. Yeah. <laughs> And what about you? What do you think? Oh, what do I think? Yeah. What do I think? <laughs> what does Daniel think? You just you just gave him the intro music. Oh, here we go. I think this movie is for everyone. There is a uh, a handful of horror movies that you would show to people that aren't horror fans. And I think this is one of them. I think that if you were actually paying attention to this film and not distracting yourself or playing video games in the background um you would walk away with a similar feeling this is one that you share this is a good one it's not boring it's intense it's short it's bizarre it's disturbing it has actual scenes it feels like a well put together movie especially considering how much money it has even thinking back on it now i can think of all the complete scenes and what i like about each and every one of them It's a love story. It's about two friends teaching each other. It's about becoming a monster and squelching that monster. Trying to live a normal life and then killing everyone off and going your own way. Worth a watch. Check it out. Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Alright. Are we ready to consider what we might be watching next time. Greg? Yes. Nathan? Are you ready to bring Wilter back into the situation here and uh, give a little spin for next week? Uh, I am, but I would like to say that just as a final note on Henry, it's inaccurate. Apparently, he lost an eye when he was a small child, so he should have had a glass eye. Burn. Okay, keep going. <laughs> Burn. But Michael Rooker does have a small, slight resemblance to the Henry Lee Lucas, at least kind of like the shape of the head. Maybe the curly hair. Let's move on.
the yeah, curly hair. That is about it. Yeah, curly hair. I think they did a tribute to the glass eye though when they stabbed Otis in the eye because Otis doesn't oh, die. That's interesting. That way because he doesn't. In in real life, Henry never killed Otis, right? No, no, they they uh, continued killing together and went to jail. Together. Otis went to jail and ended up dying of cirrhosis, mm-hmm. fitting death. They remained best friends until the end. Mm. They were the true couple, like natural born killers couple. Do you think? Do you think the yeah, stab to the eye was uh, was a, was a homage to not including the glass? I eye? never thought about that, but that makes a lot of sense. Could be. I'm willing to take that leap. Yeah. You know how much okay. I like leaps. Love them. Now, I'm not sure which direction we're going. I think, Nathan, I think you won last time. Walter, what's going on here? I believe Nathan's keen insight won him the prize last time. Nathan, what category do you choose? I believe it's the 100 Years of Horror that I am choosing. 100 Years of Horror. Here we go. That's correct. All right, Wilter. And the film is The Wicker Man. Ooh, The Wicker Man <laughs> remake. remake. Wow. Well, Ooh. technically, because the year is... No, whatever, you figure it out. I don't give a shit. <laughs> okay, so uh, what, what do we want to do here, guys? I think there's a little bit of room for debate here. It was 2006. It is the remake of The Wicker Man that came out in 2006. But I have previously mentioned my rule where that if we ever landed on like say say this landed on child's play three we wouldn't just watch child's play three we'd go back and watch child's play one. Oh, okay so do we watch the original the wicker man or do we stick with the remake the original so we can make comparisons well we, we could we're gonna make comparisons probably one way or the other eventually over time or does that mean we have to watch both oh i see just for the or, or or the original or the remake or both what do you guys think what's the vote here I think that it should be mandatory to watch the original mm-hmm. and optional to watch the remake. Okay, so we're going with the Ridge. I'm choosing the original because I took a look at the Rotten Tomato meter for both the original and the 2006 remake, and it is quite the disparity. Oh, yeah. Gentlemen. <laughs> this is a Nick Cage gem. <laughs> Well. Or another well-touted horror film from the 70s, right? Wicker Man? Yeah. Yeah. How about this then? It's mandatory to watch the 2006 one because that's the year that the wheel landed on. And it's optional to watch the original. <sighs> yeah, see, the I'm orig- stuck. I don't the know original how I got this. 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. And the, original- the Wicker Man in 2006, the remake, got a whopping... 15%. Jesus right. It is like, it is, the, the original is a must-see horror film. Like, it's one of those that, you know, everyone needs to see. It's one of the handful that you show somebody. And then the remake is this one that everyone loves to watch ironically and make fun of. <laughs> so, I almost think... The wheel landed on 2006, Daniel. It did, but I almost think we should watch the original... And then, you know, as a bonus, we can all choose to or to not watch the remake and make comparisons throughout 
Or, ah, fuck, I don't know what to do. I don't want to miss the chance to watch the original, though. But I guess we're watching the remake. I don't remember enough about the original to make strong comparisons. Should we just watch the remake, then, and just fucking talk blindly? Well, I think that it's an insult to the wheel if we don't watch the year that it landed on. He said he didn't give a shit. He, didn't he said that. he didn't give a shit. Well, I mean, we are here to evaluate horror movies correctly. Am I right? That's right. Are you telling me, are you challenging me that if I watch the original Wicker Man from 1973, I'm going to be like, you know, giving it credit? I bet more credit than you'll give the Nick Cage one. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> That's not fair. Here, let's look at some photos. <laughs> Oh, dude. I Maybe just, we should watch the original. Oh, God, the bees. That's, that's the only part I remember. <laughs> is just Nick Cage screaming about the bees. The bees. Well, just because I'm looking at the photos, and the original, the photos look like it's a cult. It comes across like it's a cult. Yeah. And the remake, it comes across like Lord of the Rings. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like the pictures are... Oh, they look like elves. Oh. I think it's settled. I think we have to watch the remake. We've had a couple of serious ones in a row. I think it's time for something a little more lighthearted. Okay. Right? Martyrs, Henry, those are some heavy ones. Yeah. Next time, 2006 remake of The Wicker Man starring Nicolas Cage. Well, I think I think Chelsea would be back for this one. Yeah, she'll want in. Greg, are you in? I'm in. Greg is in. Anybody else that wishes to join us is also in. Okay, Nathan, Greg, check us out, 100lunatics.com. Shoot us an email at 100lunatics at gmail.com. Hit Nathan at I Hate Horror on Twitter. You can reach us at 100lunatics. Uh, what else is there? Check out our other shows, our other spins, as we've been calling them, or go back and check out our extensive podography on Nightmare Ooh. on Elm Street oh. and Friday the 13th. Zing. Where we do each and every one. Possibly might be doing each and every Halloween in the future. Greg, if it's a little side project you might be into. I don't know Hell if Nathan yeah. has it in him. And, um... Splurge, look around. Have fun. Check out Trailer Park Podcast. Check out some shh commentary tracks. That's really going out on a trust limb to check one of those out. So if you do happen to check one of those out, drop us a fucking line. You went far enough to listen to it. Let us know what you think. Anybody else? That's it. Listen to Trailer Park Podcast. It's really good. Of course. Little TPP plug from Nathan. What about Gruesome Discovery? Still in the works. Gruesome Discovery zine still in the works. Still in the works. Getting some nice touches, some hand-drawn art, some personally written uh, critiques and reviews and any sort of other information. Interviews. Gruesome Discovery magazine. In association with Hunter Lunatics. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us for Henry. See you next time for The Wicker Man. Good night. I swear if you ever tell him I told you, I'll beat your ass right off. Huh? You were right the first time. He killed his mama.
Nathan, come on, what are you doing? Nathan, come on, what are you doing? You little <laughs> Help, help, it's happening. The attack is on O'Grady Farm. Uh, send help, the, the leprechaun is attacking. You can use a gun. I'm not saying you can't use a gun, just don't use the same gun twice. I'll just tell you this, straight out. Thank God I had Minecraft during this movie. Thank God. Oh. There's some boring fucking scenes in this movie. Well, that, that's that's why you didn't like it so much, because you weren't fully focused on it. Yeah, I didn't, I, know I, video games. I didn't know I had screens. I didn't know I could play games while we were watching things off of each other's burden list. That's interesting. This is not on our burden list. Don't you even go there. This is not on our burden this list. This is more important than the burden list. The so I thought... not... You nope. promote Nope, got me it. I got it. To Enough watch said. These with total disregard and disdain. Enough said. Unbelievable. Enough said. Nathan doesn't care. care. Plays Minecraft <laughs> out my podcast. See how the next trailer park turns out. Okay. Got it. <clears throat> <laughs> Oh, dude. I Maybe just, we should watch the original. 